This is an after-school program podcast. Welcome to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast, where we explore what it's like building, running, and working out of a home studio with your hosts, Joshua Matatek, Andrew Simmons, and many guests in different areas of the music industry. Welcome back to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. It's me, your boy, Andrew, and I'm here with my co-host, Josh. And we are here for another, um, I don't know, little, little shorty episode, little shorty episode uh, before another interview, which we're stoked about. Um, today, we wanted to talk about quality, the idea of quality versus quantity. And it's something that you kind of... It's kind of a, it's a general idea, you know, uh, but it's not anything that you can't take and put in every part of your life. You know, we, Josh, we were just talking about like caffeine intake, right? Um, like quantity of caffeine, caffeine intake isn't necessarily great for you. And we're both kind of learning like how to navigate caffeine or like nicotine or just stimulant levels kind of in general. Um, so versus what, like the approach I was telling Josh, the the approach that I've kind of taken is a more quality approach. So it's like, I have two really great cups of coffee every day. And then like after two o'clock, I just don't have any more caffeine. Um, which has kind of helped me deal with some stuff. I don't know, like Josh, what are some thoughts on that real quick? Yeah, I mean, like, I I always um, was, like, severely addicted to caffeine. Um, and then whenever I was diagnosed with ADHD, I learned that that's, like, basically why I always had to have so much caffeine. But, like, you know, like, when I was working at the car dealer, like, there were days where I would have, like, two bang energies and be fine, which, like, isn't good, you know? It's yeah. so, like, I've just been trying to be conscious of that. And I noticed now that I'm consuming like way less, like I was just telling Drew before we started recording, like I I used to like drink a large cold brew like every single day. And then I would have like an energy drink in the afternoon. And like, I can't even drink an entire cold brew now without like getting super anxious and like being all jittery and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I haven't felt that way since I was literally in high school. So like, it's really cool because like I'm not crashing as hard. Mm-hmm. Like I wake up and I don't even think about caffeine initially. You know, yeah. it's always like, you know, my brother will be like, Oh, uh, do you want to get coffee? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. Or like I'll realize it almost noon. Like feeling a bit tired. I should probably go get some caffeine. It's not like I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it, it's actually kind of funny. We should save this conversation for whenever Nick comes on. Cause he's, he's in the same boat that I used to be in with yeah. caffeine. So like, um, Oh, we're done. We'll bring it back up for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, so, so like, that's been a really cool thing. I feel like I could, uh, like, I don't, I don't want to sound like one of those people who's like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't express enough how much it's changed my life. But I, I do feel like I'm like, because like my mood and my energy level is more like, like level throughout the day, I might not have as like intense highs as I did before, but I feel like I mm-hmm. could be more productive because I could be more consistent. Well, I was going to say, know? I feel like, like yesterday I was, it able helps to, your focus as in person with yeah. ADHD, it helps your focus like crazy. 
Yeah, like, you know, I was having issues with my sleep and stuff like that, which, you know, definitely could be related to caffeine, but it never mm-hmm. really affected me before. Um, it's more of like a stress thing for me that it starts mm-hmm. to get really bad. But like, you know, I had a super busy weekend. Um, I think I got like seven and a half hours of sleep over the course of Saturday and Sunday, which is not good, but I was in no. the studio all day. Yeah. Um, so yesterday I uh, woke up. I got up at like eight or eight thirty, which is like pretty early for me lately as I'm trying mm-hmm. to like fix my sleep and like, you know, really focus on all this. Cause like before I was crazy about my diet, which was cool, but like I was still suffering from all these other issues, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get those in, in, in order real quick before I hop back on the diet. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's smart. And uh, yeah, I was able to wake up at eight 30. Uh, I took my time getting ready um, for my day. And then I just sat down and I worked and I, I was able to work until like 8.30 at night. Um, I did two mixes, two productions. And by productions, I mean, it was mostly like finishing work, mm-hmm. like um, like uh, uh, the songs that we had. Actually, no, it was three mixes and three productions. That's what I did. Um, basically think of like a really good demo mm-hmm. and then just, you know, ed- edits uh, yeah, yeah. extra production moves, clean up stuff work like mostly that. yeah it, it's not like i produced three full songs from just a vocal you know yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. but like that was actually like some of the most that i've done in a really really long time and i felt really good about it and then today i woke up early there wasn't as much pressure um you know for the work that i had to do so i was waiting to hear back from re- revisions um, I was waiting on payment from this one person that I was supposed to get started on yesterday and they ended up getting COVID. Um, thank God they already feel better, you know, yeah. but, uh, that was, that was kind of scary. Um, so there was no pressure and I just like took my time getting up, made myself breakfast and, uh, went ahead, like wrapped up a couple more beats, rendered them out, put them in a pack, started sending them out. Like, um, you know, all pretty typical stuff, but like, I feel like over the past couple months, like my, my life has had very little structure in it mm-hmm. and it's been, it's been hard to do, you know, little things, but like, it's also a lot easier, like when you have ADHD, like to, to like hop on, you know, like get your day going because you have a reason to, for sure. You know, like, like, uh, I was talking about it with my friend Corey last night, like, he was like, dude, I just realized I haven't showered in almost three days. And I was like, that's gross. He's like, I don't have a reason to. He's like, he's Ooh. like, I, I like, cause right now, like, um, cause of COVID and all that stuff, he's just working for his uncle. He has a CNC shop. So he wakes up and he goes to work and then he sandblasts stuff. Like he gets filthy and then he does other machining, machining stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, he gets filthy and then he like, you know, cleans himself up with that crazy, the spicy yeah. soap, I call it. Yeah. And spicy uh, soap. <laughs> then he's beaten. He just wants to go home and relax, yeah. you know? And I was like, that makes sense. Cause you don't have a reason to, and he was like, exactly. I, I just don't have a reason to, but I probably should. Cause uh, I kind of feel disgusting, you yeah. know? <laughs> and uh, that, that's kind of how I feel every day that I wake up. It's like, okay, do I have a reason to get out of bed right now? Or can I lay here for three hours? Yeah. You know? like, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that. I feel that. 
So in talking about this quality versus quantity aspect, we talked about it with caffeine. Let's reframe it onto uh, the aspects of songwriting, mixing, and maybe like production work a little bit with mixing and then um, online presence stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so in, I, the case, it, in the case of songwriting, we'll start there. Um, yeah. Quality I, I versus think, quantity on that. I think it goes both ways, man. Like whenever I'm writing, like uh, I'm always looking for like that, that initial source of inspiration, you know? So mm-hmm. like I'll literally like there's days whenever like I'll make like 10 loops or have like 10 guitar parts made or like yeah whatever just because I'm looking for that inspiration and like it, it's like that 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 lady who's the minimalist person and she's like does this spark joy Oh yeah yeah Marie Kondo Yeah oh man like I I might not live that way but like I live that way when I'm songwriting and like I even say mm-hmm. that to the artists I work with and they always kind of get a a kick out of it because i'll turn around like as i'm making a beat i'm like does this spark joy and like like that's really what it is though you know like yeah i I want something that immediately grabs me and then i finish it well if it doesn't grab me then i throw it away so in one way like yes there is a lot of quantity as far as ideas that are started Mm -hmm. but i make sure the ones i finish are all quality so yes i think that's uh it's a and both i think for songwriting and a lot of it is production as well like this is kind of pretty much works for both of these things. Like you said, you want to move as quickly as possible on as many ideas as you can until you find the right idea, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you have an idea, so if you're working through some, like you said, you're working through a loop and then something just hits you, you work on it until you run out of ideas. And as soon as you kind of start getting bored with it, save the session, name it something, move on to the next one. Like, the it's in that in that moment it's not necessarily a it's not a quality it's more of a quantity aspect so you're moving through as many many things as you can and then you do things like you were talking about today where you do um basically like polish days where you go back through beats that you've kind of started or like half finished or been working on and you say all right i don't like that one don't like that one. This one's really cool. Let's finish this one. And so then you take like a quality aspect and try to fully flesh out that thing. Yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of just like how I've been doing things lately. And it's been really cool. Um, I do that when I'm like being hired, like, like this person just hired me to write like basically like a album full of tracks for them. Mm -hmm. So like, it's the same thing. Like, all right, well, like what grabs my attention? All right, now I have three, like, you know, verse chorus ideas I could send to them and have them pick one. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like they might be like, oh, I like these two or like all three, you know. Um, and then I go ahead and then I finish it and then I move on to like the next set of ideas. And so that's just kind of how I look at songwriting. Yeah, I, I, we kind of did that or you kind of did that whenever we went down to Lee and Justin for the first time. You did, you you came prepped with like 30. It, some of them were done. Some of them were just ideas. And yeah, some of them I, were just like loops and song starters. I showed up with 30 songs and yeah. we had one come out. Yeah. And actually, that's the only one from those 30 ideas that's actually like destined for release i do have other plans for some of the other songs Mm -hmm. um reworking production on some i'm kind of tempted just to like strip them all down to just like guitar and then a vocal and like try to shop them or something like that you could or like a basic beat or something like that yeah yeah because like i don't know production's such a personal thing based on the artist you know Mm -hmm. like it really is like like uh i i think a good example of that would be like uh the weekend and like ariana 
could both have like the same exact song come out and oh and they would sound so different but the production would be fairly different like mm-hmm. well i'm talking about like new weekend like like the whole 80s oh, okay. vibe oh, you know okay. what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. like like they would just be produced completely different yeah they, no, would, they if would it was the like 2015 weekend it would be very similar but yeah um yeah you know so i i don't want to make things too personal whenever i'm like uh sending it out to different artists and stuff mm-hmm. like that so I, I might do that and see what comes of it but uh yeah yeah like that that's definitely like you know, to go back to the point, like that's just kind of how yeah. I work is. Well, and I feel like that's spark. an approach that a lot of people don't take. Actually, I feel like some people get s- so there's like the meme of like, how many unfinished songs do you have in a folder? Right. And I on one hand, I get it right. It's like, yeah, maybe you should finish a song sometimes. I get that. But also kind of from the way we look at it is like not all of those songs were good and we stopped no. them before they got bad before but, we like and, wrote a bad song yeah and on top of that like it's all very like like um like specific you know mm-hmm. like like the things i sound good on like typically justin doesn't sound good on just like the things that he sounds good on like i don't sound good on yeah you know well and then there's also like the timing is also another thing it's like one song that you might have an idea for at that moment and then all of your you might lose all inspiration on that song and then you come back like six months later and you're like oh this was that song i worked on you start going through old tracks and stuff and it's like this is dope and it's something that you started oh, and you hated the first time yeah the last cavern song that came out called manic that was sitting on my hard drive for like six or seven months and it's well dude it's good to have like those kinds of like deep hard drive amount of just unfinished tracks right because i mean how many times i mean even just like with cavern or with um justin or with like anybody else like you know people hit you up for beat packs or hit you up for loops or something like that right just to be able to have 60 songs to be able to go here's everything that i have right now yeah, Just no, that if, was, you, if something's cool, pit you can take it. Yeah, that's kind of like what the where I'm at right now. Like as I'm trying to do more in person, like especially hip hop sessions, like mm-hmm. that was one of the cooler things. Like when I was out in LA, is like sitting down with a producer and they're just like, all right, and they open up like an Apple Note and they have all the MP3 saved and they're just playing each one, and then we're able to go, oh yeah, that one, you know, yeah, and then we write on it and then move on to the next one, and so yeah, yeah that's kind of where I'm at with everything. So in a, and so that's like songwriting and production and then I think when you move to mixing this is and this is my opinion I think it totally different outlook in my opinion I would say always focus on quality and try not to focus on quantity when you're mixing mm-hmm. yeah for sure I would say it's a total opposite viewpoint from production and songwriting because so like and this is a reason why like if we're mixing engineers why it's okay to have like a part-time job or something like that because you want to take work and get songs that you love that are sick that the artists are going to take the most amount of time to like really go in on and you want to make sure that they can sound the best they can possibly be because if the mix sucks or the song flops, you know, like then it, that's a ref- as, su- as sucky as it is, that's a reflection on you as a mixing engineer. 
Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of people who, like, preach the whole thing about, like, like trying to mix as many songs as they can in a day. Like, I, I know that, like, uh, like the Six Figure Home Studio guys talk about that a lot. I think it's more of the uh, the Nail the Mix guys. Well, I mean, they're all kind of the same. But, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, that's cool. But, like, at the end of the day, like, the best mix engineers I know don't have, like, a fully fleshed out template. The best, no, I mean, even Lee's template way, isn't fully fleshed out. No, not anymore, especially. No. And like, um, it's very flexible. Yeah, we, yeah, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, like, uh, I, I, I had the opportunity to watch, you know, my friend Seth like mix a few songs, and that was crazy because like he doesn't like he has like his go tos loaded in, but they're all turned off, and then mm-hmm. like most of the time he doesn't even use them, you know, mm-hmm. and like. What makes him fast is that he's done this for, you know, the better part of a decade, if not longer now. So he's fast because he makes decisions faster than you. Yes. And, you know, like, yeah, he makes he knows what quality decisions need to be made because he's done those quality decisions for 10 years at this point. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like I, I hate the idea of like trying to speed up your process by any way other than you've done it so many times that you're now faster because like, like template mixing is trash. Like I'm like, sorry, Billy Decker, like you're way more successful than I'll probably ever be. (laughs) But I hate that idea so much. Mm -hmm. And like all of my favorite mix engineers do not, just drop yeah. everything into a template, tweak a few things, and print the master. Like Most, I think that that's even garbage. even guys like Baines and Tezio, they have a template, but it's not that it's not that specific. Mm-mm. And if you listen to and if you listen to those dudes, like every single one of Baines mixes sounds different. He uses the same chain on Young Young Thug every single time when he's recording him. But like those mixes always sound slightly different because. Mm-hmm. He cares. I mean, also, like, you're working with Young Thug. You have to care. But the only way that you get to work with Young Thug is if you don't just, like, try to pump out quantity as a mix engineer. Exactly. And, like, I think quantity comes with experience. And when it comes to mixing, quantity comes with experience and quality comes with intentionality, right? Yeah. Like, the way I look at, like, especially templates is, like, your template should assist you in making decisions faster instead mm-hmm. of compromising. Yes. If that makes you sense. Shouldn't, you like, shouldn't I don't be, want... You shouldn't be making moves on your template because it's that's what you normally do. You should yeah. be making moves on your template because that's what sounds right. Bro, I mixed two Cavern songs yesterday, right? The first song, I sucked a bunch of 2K out of the vocal and I ran uh the slate uh modern 1176 Mm -hmm. and the la2a from slate which i never really run the la2a on a main vocal but it sounded right for that yeah the second mix i boosted 2k by almost 3 db and all i used was a distressor on opto mode those are so different (laughs) they're completely different it's the same artist the same vocal chain and the same genre like yeah i mean that's that i mean that's a good example of like and then I said it in the group chat and my friends who are much better than me said, these are some of the best mixes we've heard from you. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, because like I just took the extra five minutes, you know, 
I mean, yeah. especially when you're talking about like vocals, you know, you can yeah. typically get away with the same chains for something like, you know, a kick drum, especially for talking about like a uh, hip hop, you know, mm-hmm. where it's mostly just about like transient designing, essentially, yeah. you know, and like harmonics. like And you're sliding EQ slightly depending on what the original sound source. Sounds yeah. Like. Yeah. And, and like, you know, it's no big deal. But like even like the master chain, like I was kind of using the same master chain because I kind of figured it out and then completely derailed that yesterday. And on mm-hmm. every... I, on all three mixes, I ran a different master chain and they came out way better than the ones I've been doing forever. Like, yeah. I just hate the idea of like doing the same things because they kind of work instead of like every time you sit down trying to make the best vocal that you've ever made, you know? Yeah. Like, I, you could keep that template whenever you're serving. You for know? sure. Yeah. 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 Well, and even then, like, guys like that, their templates are so versatile that they're also not afraid to like, they'll have like four different EQs in a stack, but that's for, that's because these are like the four different EQs or four different compressors that they normally use. It's not their four different compressors that they're going to use on that track every single time. It's so they they can easily go, is this one, the one, is this one, the one, and then they try it and then they go, Nope, it's not the one, turn it off, go to the next one. Is this one, the one, and they mess around Mm -hmm. with it. Nope, not the one. Yeah, so it's like that kind of template mixing is a much more flexible style of template mixing, not I have this EQ, this compressor stacked with this and this de and those are what I'm going to use every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that people kind of get into this mindset of like, oh, well, they're hiring me because like they like this mix. So I need to make this song sound like this. And it's like, no, like just mix the song how you would like to mix the song Mm -hmm. that specific song and like they're going to be happy like they're hiring you for a reason they're hiring you for the quality aspect and all three of those mixes i sent out the revisions were only about levels and um i forgot to make an edit on one of the cabin songs (laughs) since we tracked it on saturday and i made i made i I copied and pasted it and then i made the edit in the first pre-chorus but i didn't make it in the second chorus. ah gotcha uh, you know yeah happens which but, like yeah, that feels I mean, really like, good yeah, they're Being paying you for like, the quality like, aspect of it they're paying you to make that song the best version of that song they're not paying you to get that song quote unquote mixed in a day yeah like nobody nobody said nobody said oh you know this bass is like overwhelming and it's because i'm using the same bass template i used from you know another song it's like mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I get less revisions now that I don't really use a mix template. Like, my mix template is literally just nothing. Somehow, one of the Cubase, like, effect mm-hmm. presets got loaded onto my main vocal bus. So, I I, had, I, I still haven't saved that template. But uh, I have to take them off each time. And then I just have, like, my favorite master plugins, like, all muted besides Elevate. Yeah. I mix into the limiter, but it's pretty clean. So I'm going in to worried. make a new Ableton um template like a writing template for me and i'm gonna have like three different drum kits like on like you know on three different midi tracks and be like this is this oh, kind yeah, of yeah. kit this is this kind of kit this is this kind of kit and then i'm gonna to have like that. five or six different dr- kicks snares and everything like that yeah i've been on such an anti-template kick that i, I used to do that um i had like five different like i had my go-to hyper pop ki- uh kit i had mm. my go-to hip-hop kit all that now, like, I just choose on my samples. So the other um, thing I was going to do is do a separate track with just an empty simpler plug-in on it. 
so that once I do like if I make like a kick pattern, I'm like, ah, but I'm just not feeling this kick. I'll drag the MIDI down and then just try. So the pattern stays the same. But and then I just try a bunch of different samples on it. That is the one thing that I have now. I just have a kick snare and hat samplers loaded up. But yeah, that's great. And that that way you can write weird about you can get patterns down quick. Yeah. Well, then well, on top of that, I don't even really use Ableton that much like. Once I found out about the Cubase, uh, so Dude, the Cubase, Cubase drum stuff is cool. You could draw, you could drag in your samplers or your samples, right? And so that'll make a new audio track, and mm-hmm. then the sample will land wherever your cursor is. You just highlight those samples. So I'll drag them in one after another, and then I'll highlight all my samples. Go to Audio Create Sampler Tracks, and then it makes sampler tracks for all of oh, them. Oh, that's pretty sick. And that it way, puts them on like different. Yeah, because every time I would accidentally open up the wrong sampler and then I drag a kick onto my hi-hat labeled one or I would forget to open it up. So I go to drag it in. Then I have to open it up and then drag it in. It it was just a pain. So like doing it this way is so much faster. That's really that's really tight. I kind of wish Ableton did something like like a quick like make a drum rack out of these samples, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, that is really cool, though. Hey everyone, I wanted to tell you about a great company called That Pitch. Have you ever had some leftover song ideas you just didn't know what to do with? Or maybe you needed to flex that writing muscle, but you still need to get paid. Enter That Pitch, a sync licensing company that pitches your productions directly to their exclusive list of clients. That Pitch has already paid out over $120,000 to its members since October of 2020. They provide production advice, business training, and other resources to make your songs better. Go to thatpitch.com to sign up and use the code HANGOUT for 20% off your monthly or yearly subscription. Moving to the last little thought, and this is something I can tell you from experience and you can tell from a person who sees it. This is how you should approach online presence stuff. So like TikToks, So like posting uh, like Instagram and that kind of thing, reels, maybe um, any kind of YouTube video content or podcast content or things like that. Um, I can say from a person that does it and then um, but first I want to get your opinion on somebody who doesn't necessarily do it, but that like sees a lot of it happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have too much. Oh, my gosh, it's about to fall off my desk. Um, I really don't have too much of an opinion on it because um it just varies and it varies on what like platform you're on. And it depends on like what you're doing. Like if you're like a new artist, I think you should be posting whatever TikTok comes to mind first every single day. Cause there's no way to really gauge what people are actually going to like. And I mean, okay. So I was on TikTok this morning and like, I follow a lot of comedy guys because mm-hmm. who doesn't love comedy? This one dude, he's like, I'm reposting my most viral video from 2021. And it had like 10,000 views. It's the same video. Mm-hmm. If anything, because his account has grown, you would think that his followers have a more like his audience is going to be more specified and more likely to engage with it. But like TikTok is legitimately all luck right now. Yeah, it's and a wild so, west. Yeah, so like I think you should just be posting whatever. Um for Instagram, I think it's a bit different. Like I, I don't like to spam Instagram. I, I actually only use Instagram for my portfolio right now. Mm-hmm. Um and then I I post reels. Uh, not reels. I post uh, stories of everything. Yeah. Um, I, I really like my favorite part about Instagram stories is the fact that like, you know, it's kind of like Snapchat where it's just like a lot more personal. 
you know, yeah. it's dope. Like being able to like go through and I'm like, Oh, what did, you know, Rex, Rex Kudo. I think that's his name. Like, what did he work on today? Yeah. You know? And like he, you know, I, I get to see him like, you know, flipping a sample in the studio or something like that. Like mm-hmm. I, I love, I love seeing things like that. Um, you know, like I, I feel like Instagram is a little bit more authentic. TikTok is kind of more clickbaity, but like, I mean, I, I I can't really offer advice on it because you know I'm not the social media manager. for sure. But I, but I like I like the I like the idea of you coming from it as a person who is a consumer of that of the content, right? And more so me, where I come from, the idea of like the creator of the content, you know? Yeah. So like it's that's a good that's a, actually a really good way to think about it and this is something that me and shama have learned looking at instagram okay this is actually really cool shama's instagram followers he went from 20 or 30k which is like a lot went from 20 or 30k in january of 2020 and every week he posted a reel his reels are pretty high quality because he has access to all of his own camera and he edits all of his own stuff. So one one a week is honestly not a lot. That's actually mm-hmm. pretty minimal. Yeah. Um, maybe I think I think at his peak he might have been posting two a week, right? But and some of it was reusing old YouTube videos and like clipping out YouTube videos that we had made prior, you know. But so we're saying one once or twice a week for a year. At the end of 2021, two years later, he hit 100K. That is crazy growth. Yeah, it is. In a year, he went from 20 to like 60. Yeah. And then went from 60 to 100 the next. He grew like 40K a year. That's insane growth. But he also posts relevant content and it's unique content like – like his situation is going to be different than an artist, right? Well, it's like not necessarily because I feel like you can take the same mindset approach. Yeah. Like, I mean, it also, it, it really just comes like people can like sniff out authenticity. Right. And mm-hmm. so like whenever, like I watch his stuff, like even though like I'm not religious, I still find them really not only like interesting, but absolutely hilarious, mm-hmm. you know, having like come up in the church and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I relate in a lot of ways, yeah, yeah. you know, and like, like I, I like, like having consumed his content, like I, I could tell you that like uh, the reason why I follow him is because I find what he does to be worth watching, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I mean, that's ultimately what all this comes down to, yep. you know, like, is it something that's worth watching? Um, like everybody's flooded with thousands of posts every single day. And mm-hmm. it's like, they're going to choose based on what their particular needs are. He just so happened to find out that what he finds funny about, you know, like, yeah. uh, like the church and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know, like other people also find funny. Yeah. Cause we all had that unhinged guest. Pastor oh come yeah, in, exactly. You know? Just totally and, crazy. And bro, like literally I will forever watch his videos all because he decided to kick the microphone during that skit and like <laughs> dude yeah just like because goes. like i i literally like watched that happen once you know so like oh yeah like it's just relevant to my experiences For and sure. i relate so like i i think that's all it really comes down to like justin had a tiktok kind of pop off he got like two hundred fifty thousand views on it um 
because the song that he wrote was about, you know, this awful breakup that he went through and all these people are commenting because they were late. Now he has tried the same thing again. He made a follow-up post from when the song came out and it didn't do as well. Even though the people that engaged with it were probably in his algorithm, like TikTok's weird. TikTok's you know? wild. And so and that's so why I say I, like just I feel like TikTok, so as similar as they are, and this is from somebody who's just kind of seen, watched both from like a I don't even want to say from a business standpoint, but from from a place of trying to understand it. Um I feel like though you have you basically have three short form content things right now, right? You have TikTok, you have Instagram Reels, and you have YouTube Shorts. YouTube is prioritizing Shorts pretty highly, but I feel like YouTube Shorts and Instagram Reels are trying to be more of like the high quality version of what TikTok is, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like both of those are we prefer quality content over just random stuff that you see. Whereas TikTok, it's all about just as much as you can put into that algorithm as often as you can put it in. Yeah. Cause like ultimately, like I, I believe right now, like I heard Larry talking about it. Like um, apparently like TikTok is now not even putting you on the for you page until you have a certain amount of engagement with your followers. Yep. And the problem with TikTok is that when you open it up, it defaults to the for you page. Yep. And because of how the app set up, you get stuck in the for you page and you're like, oh, I haven't even looked at like what the people I'm following it posted. Yep. So it it auto slides to that for you side. Yeah. And so like, I mean, also anybody who's listening to this, like make sure you check out what your homies are posting and always like comment and then click share and just copy the link. And Um, this is something new that changed on the Instagram algorithm save the little the little bookmark save button yeah it i so i've i started doing this as a test right um so i run an instagram account for um the my d the my dnd thing that i do on the side um and i started running some split tests between that between saving stuff and not saving stuff even just by me myself on my account hitting save and saving my own post, it like tripled my engagement. Yeah, like it's crazy how yeah, much they're prioritizing that save button. Yeah, yeah, and like that's kind of how like TikTok is right now too, just with different means, you know. So, so what I do is I have a homies folder, and anytime the homies post something that like. I uh, you can make like save folders in Instagram. I like save it and I'll add to folder and I add to the homies folder. So if I want to go back and find something of theirs, I know where it's at. That's genius. Do it. Support your friends because uh, it's it's hard out there. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like TikTok is like we said the Wild West. You're just spitting as much stuff out as you possibly can as quickly as you possibly can. Whereas. Instagram and YouTube is much more of, I don't want to say like highbrow, but that's like the only way I can kind of like connect that thought, I guess, is like more quality content. What'd you say? It's like more highbrow, but it's not highbrow. I don't know what that means. What'd you just call me? (laughs) What'd you just call me? From, From Beaver Tucky, baby. We don't know what highbrow means. I don't know what highbrow means. Um... Just like quality, like 
really good. Like, um, I don't know, like white uh. collar versus blue collar. Uh. Yeah, that's okay. what highbrow means. Um, but like, I think Instagram and YouTube are kind of prioritizing that. And then you get into like YouTube videos, which I personally have been doing a lot of research on cause I'm about to start dropping some and it's more focused on like quality, a certain level of quality, but outside of that, a level of consistency. And I think that's honestly for social media stuff. It's more important to have consistency as far as like post consistency and quality consistency than like posting every single day or posting once, you know, whatever, whatever your consistency is, do that thing. But it's not about like twice, twice a day or just throwing stuff into the algorithm. Um, anyway, I don't want to go too much more on that. Cause that's less of the idea of the podcast. Uh, so yeah, dude, good conversation. I feel like a lot of people could take a lot away from, especially the songwriting and production focus area. Um, But, and the mixing stuff, honestly, because I feel like that's stuff that people don't necessarily talk about. Bro, I even, okay, all right. I'll add in one more thing about the whole production thing. Yeah. I love Tiny, the producer. I think that he's brilliant. I like, I was watching him break down like some productions and like cooking up from scratch and stuff like that. And, Mm -hmm. He's like the type of dude where like he has these massive sounding tracks and there's like seven tracks in the session. And dude, so like I've been super into minimalist production. Yeah. And so like that's how I've been like I, I used to have a lot of layers because like, you know, when they all go together, it kind of sounds cool. But like lately, I've just been really fascinated with, you know, how can I make this one guitar sound you know, like everything I needed to, you know, mm-hmm. and like, that's how he is. He's like, all right, well, this song, you know, I have, I have this bass, it's an Arturia preset and um, I use it because it's perfect for this song. And he's like, then I have one synth and it's this preset that I tweaked and I used it because it's perfect for this song. And he's like, then <laughs> I have like these five drum samples and that's all I used on the song because that's what's perfect for the song. Like when he hears something, he just knows that it's going to be perfect. And mm-hmm. like, that's something that I'm really striving for is like being able to just like have minimal track counts. I think well, all the beats that I sent out today, like didn't have more than 15 tracks. Well, and another thing is like knowing, not only knowing when to stop, but also knowing when to move on from that, from, yeah. from, a, from a sound that doesn't fit. Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. Like the cavern track that I did the other day, like, like there were probably like 70 tracks in it. Yeah. While like, you know, typically like the first song we ever did together, I think had like 20 you know, yeah. and like the one that I did after that with him, though, it only had like 20, you know, so like like including vocals, you know, so like, yeah, it, it just depends on the song. But like sure. being able to being able to make something huge from just a few little uh, sounds is like something I find really interesting. And it once again goes for like the quality over quantity thing. For sure. No, that's a great point. Um, dude, Josh, thanks for coming to talk about a little bit of a. Diff, something a little different today. I think this is like, uh, there's some really good takeaways in here for yeah. people that are just getting started and trying to think about anything from songwriting to mixing template ideas or, you know, social media stuff. I feel like there's a good bit of uh, info here that people could take and run with. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, dude. Thanks for coming. Thank you, listener, for listening. Um, we'll see you guys next week.
Bye. Bye. <laughs>